And I am Kat. And I am Heather. Again. Heather's like here again. <laughs> Why do you keep showing up here, Heather? You'll never get rid of me. <laughs> She's like the Bloody Mary spirit that we were talking about in the last episode a couple weeks ago where uh, we said her name so many times and now that she's permanently here. Yep. Or she's like Beetlejuice and just that annoying ghost we can't get rid of. Yeah. Yeah. Heather, why can't we get rid of you? So much love. <laughs> <laughs> she's used to it. <laughs> Today's episode of Supernatural Creatures and Lore covers the next episode from Season 1, which is Skin. And Kat has our episode synopsis for us. Yes, I do. A serial killer shapeshifter adopts the likeness of Sam's college buddy to commit a gruesome murder. When the brothers investigate, the being borrows Dean's form to continue the killing spree. And the episode is directed by Robert Duncan McNeil... And written by Eric Kripke. Kripke wrote some of the best episodes of the show, and I, I, I know a lot of fans really did like the skin episode because it showed like a, it showed, um, it showed uh, Dean being like a complete and utter like awful, horrible d bag and like yeah. a psychopath. Plus, the music played during his transformation sequence into the uh, the Dean creature is is really good um, by uh, Leonard Skinner. Robert Duncan McNeil, by the way, uh, the reason why I wanted to point out him as the director is: Did anyone here a fan of Star Trek? My dad is a very big fan, and I know Heather's a fan as well. Well, I grew, you know, I grew up with it. It's already been sort of indoctrinated. What's the best season? But, 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 hold on, hold on. Guess what show this actor was on for the entire long length of the show, all 170 episodes. He played Lieutenant Tom Paris on Star Trek Voyager. I have never watched Voyager. I've watched oh Next Gen. I've watched the original. I've watched. Deep Space Nine. Don't watch Deep Space Nine. No, <laughs> don't ever watch Deep Space Nine. But Voyager is really good, and I think one of the most underrated shows. It's the first one to have a female captain, Kate Mulligan, who's now on um, uh, Orange is the New Black. And, uh, yes, it did introduce um, Seven of Nine, or Triple D of Twelve, whatever her codename, nickname is, for the ridiculous outfits that they stuck her in. A lot of women and men think the show focused way too much on that character because of the fact she was like the new hot sex symbol they brought into Star Trek and it was a bit ridiculous at times but uh, it had other great characters on the on the series like uh, one of my favorite was Tom Paris who eventually fell in love with the uh, Klingon on the show she was like a half Klingon half human uh, woman and they eventually got married had a kid together very very romantic and stuff like that but Tom was uh, one of the best parts of the show he was the um, navigator he was the flyer he, he flew Voyager so um. Anyway, so right. he went on after Voyager to become a director of television, and this is one of the episodes he directed. Um, so, Skinwalkers. We're not going to get into werewolves, because in season two, there is a whole werewolf episode. Um, in fact, Sam sleeps with her. 
so we're going to be focusing on non-werewolf uh, or and non-animal-based uh, uh, shapeshifters. That Once we get to werewolves, there is a ton of lore on different shape-shifting into different animals. Yeah, but not only that, we could do an entire episode on werewolves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's just so much. Yeah, but skinwalkers and skin changes and shapeshifters. What do, what do we have, Kat? Uh, well, there were three specific um, creatures that I found from different cultures. First, there is the Leshy, which is a male woodland spirit in Slavic mythology, which is believed to protect wild animals and the forest. They usually appear as tall men, but have the ability to change size and shape shift into any form, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, they have beards made of living grass and vines and are often depicted with a tail, hooves, and horns. Oh, my. Yes. Sounds like somebody you'd meet at a Renaissance festival. <laughs> they can also imitate human voices, mm-hmm. which is a little bit like the creature in this episode. And um, oftentimes lure lost wanderers to their caves. Um, another creature I found is the selkie which is found in Icelandic, Irish, and Scottish mythology. Oh, look, Heather, it's you. Heather is Scottish. <laughs> and you will never... Uh, they have a, an ability to transform themselves from seal to human form, so that's a little bit more animal But I mean, type. they're predominantly seal. Yeah. Um, but the reason I wanted to include this one is because it's similar to the one in the Supernatural episode because they shapeshift by shedding their skin. And that's what I thought was similar because they really like emphasize on that in the Supernatural episode where the shapeshifter sheds the skin of the person they were just pretending to be. Hmm. The, the one thing I remember from uh, watching this episode recently is that uh, this episode also uh, had... Uh, was uh, heavily credited for like its special effects and like the, the shape shifting from one person to the other, and they wanted to like make allusions to going to werewolves. Unfortunately, just for a second, it was like America Werewolf in London, whereas the man in that is tr- like on camera transforms into a werewolf. It's not like a cutaway. They did the entire thing. It took like days to shoot the the one transformation sequence, and they and they cite that as being a big inspiration for this episode. Of course, this is also the episode that will turn uh, the world against Dean Winchester because his name gets out there as being a uh, like a serial killer, mm-hmm. and like everyone's after Dean Winchester at this point. Yeah. Um, Sam, however, is still in the clear, but Dean Winchester is now named synonymous with being a murderer. Yes. So it's a dark turn for the Winchesters. The dark turn with the law begins with this episode. Um, Heather has actually some information on shape-shifting in pop culture, as in Harry Potter. Yes. Yeah, in Harry Potter, um, they focus on shape-shifting a lot. There's metamorph magi, which are wizards that have learned to transform into an animal over time. And uh, can you look this up? There's, cre- there's people like Tonks who are able to shape-shift their own form. It's extremely rare, but they're pretty much born with it. Oh, gosh, what's the name? We're going to have to edit this out. What's a tonk? What do you want me to Tonks look up? is a character in Harry Potter. Oh, okay. What do you want me to look up? What is Tonks? Okay. It, the one thing I like Nicholas Knight wrote in the official Supernatural Companion Season 1, it doesn't matter whether you call it shapeshifting, transmogrification, skinwalking, or anything else, the fact is that the ability to change form from man to animal, animal to man, or man to man, it's an ability that many would kill to have, and even more would kill to destroy, particularly if the shapeshifter in question happens to be attempting to do... To don their skin and bed their beloved. 
Every culture of the world has shapeshifter lore. It usually involves animals indigenous to the region, and it often bears similarities to werewolf lore and occasionally vampire lore. I remember in season six there's an episode later on where they have um, a baby. They find a baby. And the baby sh- is a shapeshifter. And yeah. the baby goes from, like, boy to girl to black to white. And they're <laughs> like, it's it's a boy. Sometimes it's a girl. Sometimes it's Caucasian. <laughs> Everybody, I have made a mistake. Nymphadora Tonks is a metamorphmagus. It's the animagus right. that are able to transform into an animal. You, I'm so sorry. You hear that, Harry Potter <laughs> fans? Calm down. Put down <laughs> the pitches and, and, and uh, the pitches and torches. Don't storm the castle of Radio of Horror. Heather, there's also Mistake. There's also another way in the Harry Potter universe to transform from person to person, and that is through Polyjuice Potion, which is a potion brewed from lacewing flies and a bunch of other things. Polyjuice. And in the cha- in the movie Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Harry Potter and his friends transform into Crab and Goyle and a weird cat thing, <laughs> respectively. They, um, in the, uh... TV series Grimm, that is a spell that they've used a couple times to trick other people. Um, the character Adeline transforms into Juliet, which is the main character's uh, fiance, and she sleeps with him to lose his powers because he kissed her in order to gain her, get away from her powers. So she wanted to get back at him even further by like turning into her, turning into his fiance, seducing him into bed, and then at the end of the episode, he finds out his powers have been stolen by her. Then later on, um, his fiance has to transform into Adeline in order to, in, and sleep with Nick again in order to get his powers back. A lot of exchanging of fluids type of thing. It's part of the spell. Then last season, uh, Juliet now called Eve because she was died and came back in a brand new kind of whole plotline I'm not going to get into. She transforms into the girlfriend of Captain Bernard and sleeps with him in order to get information out of him. And then recently, in this season, in order for Nick to clear his name, he transformed into Captain Bernard so he could, like, denounce Captain Bernard on the news saying he's going to drop out of the mayoral candidate, the, the mayoral, the drop out of being the mayor, and also to clear his name as, the, as Nick saying he was under an undercover operation and all the rumors in the news media that he's a bad guy and serial killer is all untrue and he's, he's done a fine job and he should get an accommodation and really praising the hell out of him on the news. So, shapeshifting can be used in many ways, such as good for good things and bad things and throughout history and throughout many different interpretations of of, of cultures and in and, 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 and mythology we see shapeshifters in, in everything from greek mythology to uh there are shapeshifters in the arabian nights to um is there a shapeshifter in the bible Not i from... mean angels are usually said to disguise themselves in human form because um humans can't look upon a true angel form without you know, without yes. dying, which I mean is also, I mean, that's what is they also, do in Supernatural. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cass is that his true form is the size of a Chrysler building. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there's the idea that some people have to use human forms, some creatures have to use human forms so as to interact with other humans. Oh, I found in Japanese mythology, kitsune or legendary fox demons have been known to take the forms of either people in general or in some cases specific people. Now, isn't kitsune also the name of a video game that came out where you were a fox that you could paint stuff with your tail and uh, create uh, weapons? No, no, I think oh. that was Okami. Oh, it was Okami. Okay, kitsune is also been recently, and I, I the real the reason I know a lot about kitsune is uh, she became a character written into the current Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic book series as a uh, minion of the Shredders. Um, and uh, she appears as like a fox-type person 
and uh, all of her Japanese lore they kept very much intact, giving her you know a female human form for the turtle story to you know manipulate the turtles and stuff. It was really cool and really well uh, researched. I don't know. All I'm thinking about is Naruto. The Naruto anime cartoon. Yeah. Naruto. Naruto. I can't talk today. Nar- <laughs> Naruto. You have yeah. shamed the entire anime I am sorry. Community. You guys can bring the pitchforks back again. Okay. So then there's <laughs> but, Puka, a legendary creature of Celtic folklore, most notably from Ireland and Wales and West Scotland. He looks like um, kind of like a like a goblin. I mean, do you guys have that picture in front of you? Oh. Uh, a little bit of a goblin. There's the Wendigo, uh, which we I talked see. about previously. Okay. Encantado, Encantado, Encantado. There you go, Encantado, a Brazilian legendary creature that lives deep underwater in the realms of Encante. Uh, Most commonly viewed as the type of freshwater dolphin or sea snake that has the ability to shapeshift into a human form. Um, Many villagers will will not go near the Amazon River because of this. Uh, The Asawag is a mystical creature of Filipino folklore who... um, stalks and eats human beings at night and garlic bulbs, holy water, and other objects are able to repel it. So basically it's their version. It's Filipino's vampire. <laughs> uh, there's also, there's a few other Japanese creatures that are said to be able to transform into people, including Bakeneko, which are ghost cats. Okay. Tanukis, raccoons, basically. Mujina, badgers, and Jorogumo, spiders. And oh. there's a whole category called Obake or Bakemono. And there's also the legend of sort of, you know, the mystical wandering stranger, the Ejin. Uh-huh. And generally, they'll d- be disguised as a beggar or a prince or an elderly woman or maybe a child. And you're supposed to treat them with care. You're supposed to treat strangers with care in that part of the world in that time. Because if it ended up being one of these spirits, there could be really bad consequences if you mistreated them. But there would be good consequences if you treated them well, gave them a place to stay, or something like that. It was said that good fortune would befall you. There's a lot in Japanese culture about shape-shifting, and especially as referred to sort of demons, which wasn't necessarily a negative term like it is in Western culture. It just referred to supernatural creatures that would walk the earth and interact with humans. One of the most famous uh, examples of shape-shifting I think we're all exposed to when we're very, very young is um, in Snow White. Mm-hmm. In, in, the, the, in the actual original story of Snow White, not just the Disney version, uh, the Snow White's wicked stepmother uh, transforms from her beautiful self to the old hag in order to trick Snow White into taking the apple to poison her. Yeah. Um, which I think is the first time, if I can remember, uh, us, you know, shape-shifting. But, uh, I mean, it, shape-shifting being in, in some type of form of media... Um, but uh, we ourselves are, are kind of shapeshifters. I mean, you think about, like, you look at a picture of yourself as a child, and you look at a picture of yourself as an adult, and there's almost a complete difference. Um, I know, for of... me, it's like, oh, I was cute once. Oh, Heather. <laughs> and then uh, for me, it's just like, ah, what was that demonic thing? When you were a child? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah I, I saw some of your earlier YouTube videos. I was like... Good lord. Yeah. <laughs> well, I look I look like basically the same but just a lot more tired. I'm so very tired. <laughs> what the the ugly duckling is almost considered a shapeshifter. The, the the story there is a duckling cuz yeah. swans are really ugly looking creatures when they're little ducks and then they turn into like beautiful white, you know, silky flower. <laughs> yeah. I think there's like 
I'm going to put on my psychologist's hat here. Um, but I think there's the sort of whole idea of shape-shifting, turning into someone else, you know, being someone that you're not, is really sort of ingrained, like, in our minds and in our culture. And I think that's why this is such a common theme among supernatural and other supernatural shows. Because mm-hmm. I think it sort of taps into some sort of, some primal sort of human desire is to be someone that you're not. Correct. Yeah. Like like the famous phrase that people always shout at the beginning of the year, New Year, New Me. Yeah, exactly. Um, most of the time that, that revolves around uh, dieting. <laughs> um, uh, I was just thinking, so another thing with the media, I just remembered this, and this is crazy, because when I was little, I don't know if Heather was into this, but I know my friend Becca was into this. There used to be a toy when I was younger called Sky Dancers. And I, oh my gosh! (laughs) So I had one of these toys as a child, and it came with a DVD that had some very, very bad episodes of Sky Dancers from the early 2000s. And there was this one episode where it was about this guy who was a shapeshifter, and he felt like rejected by everyone. So Mm -hmm. he'd like transform into the main characters and pretend to be them, but he'd like cause mischief and stuff. And at the end, finally, like they found out oh he's a shapeshifter and they befriended him but i guess he left at the end but i that i just remembered that episode and it's just uh, so many memories are coming back um the uh what's funny is that they had that sky dancer thing for girls the the boys version was dragon dancers it was basically <laughs> like the, the, the exact same company made like the sky dancers which are like fairies for the boys we got dragons I have not heard of that. Yeah. I wanted dragons. Yeah. Where were my dragons? Why does it have to be... Why can't ge- dragons be gender neutral? Uh, because those are boys' toys. <laughs> Free the patriarchy! <laughs> That's what we need on Supernatural. We need, like, the patriarchy award to go to certain things. Because, <laughs> let's face it, Dean is a very much a misogyn- a very misogynistically written Oh my character. gosh, yes. And that has not toned down that much over the years. Well, he's very much like the James Bond, women are there to love and leave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, when he learns about certain things that he's uncomfortable with, such as, like, you know, uh, being homosexual, he's very like, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on, Dean. It's like my brother in that, like, there's, there's not even prejudice necessarily, but he'd rather, you know, shoot his own eye out. Yeah. like the episode- Rather than have other people think he was one. Don't forget, in season 11, uh, last season, uh, he meets those, uh, the two hun- he meets the two hunters that are searching for the- Joe and, well, there's Joe and- The two male mom. hunters, yeah. Oh. And he's just like, and we're partners. In, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. he's just like, oh, ooh. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're hunting down, like, the thing that killed his brother from the, from the flashback in the very beginning. Yeah. Um, and again, Dean's very kind of like, oh, you know, but I guess that reaction is still no different than anyone else, you know, finding out. I it's, mean, he's supposed not... to be sort of like the traditionalist, the loyal son, the, you know, the sort of grounded in history one. So I guess it's not really surprising. But he's, um, it's not as like, you know, um, uncomfortable as they've written him like in earlier seasons. So, mm-hmm. um Early Dean was a dork. <laughs> Early Dean looks so baby-faced compared to uh, current Dean. I know. And uh, he actually smiled he was so once in a while. He hasn't gone to hell yet and been tortured and uh, been yeah. through limbo and uh, uh, died thing. and come back as a demon. And <laughs> yeah, they'll do that to you. Uh, 
So how they kill the monster, the shapeshifter, is they shoot it. Um, I believe it's made of silver, right? Uh, yeah. Usually it's silver. With I'm it. looking up on Wikia right now, um, and I'm gonna kind of edit this part a bit. Um, I usually don't like to sort Wikia for references because anyone can change anything, but it's a good source for like an episode synopsis, especially if you haven't watched the episode. But mm -hmm. um, just look up real quick. Um, Supernatural, how did they kill uh, a shapeshifter? I, I swear I thought it was silver. Oh, they can be killed by a silver bullet or a silver blade to the heart. That's right. Okay, mm -hmm. so um, that's basically the same thing like with a werewolf. Um, and Dean, you know, later on they kill a werewolf with a silver bullet. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so that, that that's what I thought it was. Whenever in doubt, just get silver. Exactly. It kills, Swing at it. kills everything. Yeah, it uh, ends up being associated with a lot of the killing of a lot of mythical creatures because silver has slight antiseptic properties and was used in a lot of healing rituals back in medieval times. And so, you know, using it was said to ward off sickness and other things that they thought were caused by evil spirits. And so it ended up being sort of the way to kill a lot of whatever ghouls they had under their bed at the time. Correct, correct. Uh, well, that's pretty much it for the episode of uh, of uh, Skin. There's not a lot of uh, shape-shifting lore out there to go into, with the exception of like getting heavily into werewolves, which we will later on in Season 2. But um, I do also have a quick letter from a fan I wanted to read, I completely forgot about, that came in. Um, I had to resend it to myself, because uh, I thought I had deleted it. We got it uh, a few weeks ago, back... Um, around the time of the first episode being broadcast, the pilot. Uh, it says, Dear host, I really enjoyed your show for the first few episodes. I have seen I have seen so far of the show. I think it's really different than any other show I have heard so far. I think it's great how knowledgeable you guys are and work well together. I hope the show lasts a long time with more episodes to come. By Kathy Tate. Aw, well thank Aww. you, Kathy. <laughs> Um, and if you want to send us more emails, you can at thatradiohorror at gmail.com as Supernatural Creatures and Lore is broadcast under the Radio of Horror banner on iTunes, which if you do go to iTunes, please leave a comment and a rating for us. Also, you can listen to it on Google Play and on our regular website, which I forgot to give away. Radiohorror.com is the website where all of the episodes of Supernatural Creatures and Lore and the Dead TV podcast, which I do with Mr. Zeneca, are placed. Uh, and we are currently in uh, wrapping up Kindred the Embraced on that show. And we're going to about to start Constantine very soon on Dead TV podcast. Uh, Supernatural Creatures and Lore, we will be in Season 1 for uh, at least a few more months before we get into Season 2. But you can follow us on Twitter at, uh, at SPN Creatures Lore. Um, so it's basically just typing Supernatural Creatures and Lore and it should pop up right away. Um, you'll see a goofy picture of Heather and Cat drinking Monster. Which what is a terrible picture. Which is appropriate considering <laughs> what we talk about are monsters. Sorry in advance for my face. <laughs> Um, and then don't forget, we're going to be, I think, uh, when this episode airs, let me just check the date. Okay, so when this episode airs, we will have uh, just wrapped up our very first live recording at uh, Terracon. So thank you for everyone who came out to Terracon to meet uh, me and Kat. And Hooray. if Heather was there. Uh, I'm sure it was well. great meeting all of you. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but seriously, thank you for coming out to our booth. Thank you for donating to the Boston Children's Hospital. Thank you for getting some free items from us. Um, hopefully you were able to take a picture with the uh, Chevy Impala that was at Terracon as well. 
the next convention that Kat and I will be at will possibly be Super Mega Fest in uh, the spring edition in April, but uh, more details about that as they arrive. And don't forget to join our group on uh, Facebook, Supernatural Creatures and Lore. Kat, why don't you give away some of your uh, YouTube channels? I am on YouTube at Cat Loves Cats, and also my collab channel, which is Billow Squad. Come follow us there. It's a group of seven great people, including me. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Cat Loves Cats 15. Cool. And also, Cat uh, has a new Supernatural video up, which at the time of this airing, uh, now online, should be up now about us trying to summon Bloody Mary and failing miserably. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Supernatural Creatures Lore. Thank you, Jesso Lantern, for supplying us with our theme song. And everyone, have a good night. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> in the shadows you can hear the sounds The rumble of a hundred hellhounds Cries of the banshee, terror of the go. You all that can't see if they just know where to go It's the creature Whoa. It's the creature